It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. It's a Farm Friday. We're going to talk Chicago White Sox and their innovative idea that they called Project Birmingham. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered the season with more props, more odds, more lines than ever before because BetOnline is where the game starts. So Farm Friday for the Chicago White Sox. Uh, there's no way to, like, I'm, we can't just go through the different affiliates and talk about Canapolis with the Cannonballers in low A and and with the Winston-Salem Dash and all of that because so many of the prospects were in double A Birmingham. And there was a reason for that. So the White Sox did this innovative thing in 2022 that they called Project Birmingham. And in late August, around the 23rd, 24th or so, they brought 19 additional prospects from either... A ball or high A and put them in double A Birmingham. The roster was almost 40 players. And the idea here was they wanted to make it like an advanced instructional league. It was very much inspired by the the alternate site in 2020 where every team had a group of about 30 or so players that they would bring in uh, when there was no minor league season. They would work at the ballpark. They would work in a different site while the team was playing at home. And they would do training. They would get extra attention, things like that. Uh, this is very much the model that the White Sox were following. They sent everybody to A Birmingham. They brought in the roving instructors. They brought in some of the lower level hitting coaches and things like that. And the thought process was, when we do something like this, we have extra players, yes, but we have extra instructors. And so we can get more and focused training on some of these top prospects. And so, I mean, imagine trying to make a lineup when you've got 14 position players that everybody needs, like that everybody that needs to play every day. And so there's some obvious benefits. One, obviously, you can get small groups with these roving instructors 
versus them working with one guy in Kannapolis and then them having to travel to Charlotte to work with one guy there, etc. Like you can get additional work in with more players because you're there. And they would typically take the field uh, in pregame warmups about 45 minutes or an hour early. And they'd break everybody off into small groups and they'd cycle through different drills having extra instructors there. Another interesting thing behind this is you can reduce the workloads on guys who are getting to their, like whatever innings limit may be set or at bat limit may be set at the end of the season, whether they were recently drafted in 2022 or they were guys who were still ramping up from having missed 2020. So there's a benefit there as well. You don't have to completely shut them down if they hit 100 innings, for instance, because rather than just shutting them down, you had the extra instructors there that could still go work with them on a bullpen, work with them on pitch selection or pitch development, things like that. And then, and this is not new, everybody does this, but it gives your lower level prospects a taste of higher level competition. But what I like about this having like 14 position players, for instance, is it means that you don't have to just throw them in the deep end. If you throw, if you run a pitcher out there and he gets, he has a rough first inning, he doesn't have to go six innings. He doesn't have to wear this. You have enough pitchers where you can give him a chance to work out of it. You can see if he can give you two or three more innings. And then you can pull them early because you've got extra guys in, you know, in the bullpen to eat those innings that need innings. And so it gives you an opportunity to work on specific things and to give guys a taste of a different level of competition and more hands-on instruction than they would have gotten if they were on a roster in high A Winston-Salem with the same number of coaches that they always have. So I like the idea. What I don't like about Project Birmingham is it's not necessarily going to show up statistically, right? There's not any way for people like me who aren't team employees and who aren't in the meetings and aren't in the conversations to know how effective it was. Uh, it's, it's something where we're going to watch early next year to see if some of those prospects that went take a jump in performance. And then even then, we have to figure out, did they take a jump in performance because they're talented and we're going to do that anyway? Or is it because the time they spent with Project Birmingham? So that's the downside to something like this. It's a really cool idea. It's pretty unique as far as just bringing all the top prospects into one place. The downside is, statistically, it doesn't show up. We don't know what happened. We can see the stats of the players when they actually got into games. But so much of what they were doing was outside of the competitive in-game context. So it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of this and seeing the comments from prospects, seeing the comments from player development staff uh, and, and the front office about the effectiveness of Project Birmingham. But somebody who I, they, I, what I've read, I read that he benefited from the extra people that were there, even though he was already in AA at the time when they brought everyone in, is Oscar Colas. So number two prospect in the system, outfielder, 
2021 IFA out of Cuba, but not a traditional international free agent. He signed at the age of 22, and he had been playing in Cuba competitively, professionally, essentially, since he was 17. He would go, he'd spend some time in Japan every year as well. So he got two games in Japan in 2017. He got 55 games in Japan in 2018. Uh, He got 66 games in Japan in 2019. And then was prepared to do it in 2020 before they lost the season. And coming out of Cuba, the conversation was, okay, he lost 2020, obviously. He didn't play in 2021. So you're two years removed from at-bats. And then there was some physical work that he needed to do, conditioning and physical development. Uh, The physical transformation after he left Cuba was fantastic. Dropped some weight, looks leaner, looks faster, looks stronger despite having lost the weight. So that's great. And then when you look at his actual performance, 117 games this year, uh, almost evenly split between Winston-Salem and Birmingham, although he did get a brief seven games in Charlotte and AAA. But stat line of 314, 371, 524. 23 home runs, 51 extra base hits, 38 walks to 120 strikeouts, 3 of 7 on stolen bases. So, the story behind Oscar Colas, Colas, great power, fantastic power, big arm, had to acclimate to professional pitching. Again, just hadn't seen uh, professional pitching or hadn't seen high level, or hadn't seen professional pitching in two years, hadn't seen high level pitching uh, pretty much at all. Uh, depending on the quality of the specific club he was with in Cuba or in Japan that year. So, you know, wasn't definitely wasn't getting age-appropriate pitching. So, can play some first base, but uh, is going to be, I mean, is one of the top power prospects in the system as an outfielder. I feel like with the, with the, the dropped weight and the added uh, strength and conditioning, he's going to, he looks like an ideal right fielder to me. But someone who I expect, uh, given how he looked in 2022, even in his brief appearance in AAA, that you're looking at a possibly later in the season in 2023 or an opening day 2024 promotion. In just a minute, I want to get to uh, some of the top position players in the system, regardless of level, and kind of figure out where are they, where do they need to be, and what are they working on. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net, obviously your number one source for betting football and the start of the, of the new NBA season. You can get the latest player developments, team matchups, news, in-depth analysis on every game. But as always, BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information. We're obviously watching MLB pretty closely. We are in the World Series. As I record this, the last game that we saw was Christian Javier uh, starting off with a, you know, a combined no-hitter against the Phillies a day after they hit five home runs. So this is definitely a series. This is definitely going to make it back to Houston sometime this weekend. So we get another game uh, on, on Thursday night. I'm recording this before the game. We, we should get a game at least on Saturday, if not also on Sunday. So uh, BetOnline is the best source for live betting, up-to-the-minute scores, as well as the other stuff, MMA, boxing, golf, football, basketball, whatever. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because BetOnline 
It's where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Okay, so top prospects in this system. We already covered Oscar Colas. Number one prospect in the system right now is shortstop Colson Montgomery. So 2021 first rounder out of high school. A couple years away, he just hit age 20 this year. But started off in low A, moved up to high A on a standard progression, and then went to double A as part of Project Birmingham. Overall stats on the year. 96 total games, 274, 381, 429, 11 home runs, 30 extra base hits, 54 walks to 83 strikeouts, was 1-1 on stolen bases. So 96 games, 83 strikeouts, struck out less than once a game, we're happy with that, and then 54 walks compared to 83 strikeouts, so you know more than half of his strikeout total in walks, so we're happy with the ratio there. Uh, when you actually watch him play, there's a couple questions about his future. And I don't mean like, is he going to make it or not? I mean, exactly what the ceiling, exactly what uh, the potential comes out to because of his size. He's six foot four. Uh, as we've seen with guys like an O'Neill Cruz, just being tall does not mean you can't stick at shortstop. But there's questions about as he continues to physically mature, reminder, he just turned 20 this year, as he continues to physically mature, put on muscle, add a little bit of weight, does that slow him down to the point where he's going to have to move off of short? Uh, I don't think it will. He is probably one of the best athletes in the system and and a, a, a good defender. He has the athleticism to play short, to stick it short. If he has to move, He has the arm to play third. So I feel comfortable about the outcomes there. You're not stuck moving him in to second base. You can move him out to third if you need to. Offensively, the height manifests itself in the swing. He's got a longer swing. He's got those longer levers, a longer swing. So there's a little bit of swing and miss issues there. You saw this year, the swing and miss wasn't egregiously bad. So it's it's not become an untenable problem yet. And I feel like he's athletic enough to adjust his his body and his swing where that's not going to be an issue long term. He's got a good eye at the plate. That always helps. And then the power is coming in. He hit four home runs and 45 games in low A. He hit five home runs and 37 games in high A. Uh, his, his, his slugging hovered between, you know, averaged about 440 between those two levels. His numbers got brought down because of his 14-game stint in Birmingham. He was there for more than 14 games, but again, they're rotating a lot of position players in, so he didn't play as much, and that's why he only came out with just under 100 games for the season. But looks to be like he's going to end up as at least an average hitter, above-average power, and then obviously the defense above average, the arm is above average to plus, depending on, on when you catch it. 
needs a little more consistency, but you're looking at like an above average power hitter here with good defense who on that track could end up being obviously not only a first division regular, but could contend for all-star games. So I like what I've seen from Colson Montgomery. The number three prospect in the system, Brian Ramos. So 2018 IFA out of Cuba. You'll notice there's a lot of Cuban players in the system. The White Sox have done a particularly good job at establishing those relationships, at developing players from Cuba, as well as getting more players out of Cuba. So uh, 120 games, and he was high A and then Birmingham. So he got promoted at the same time everybody else did into Birmingham. 120 total games, 266, 338, 455. 22 home runs, a total of 42 extra base hits, 45 walks to 86 strikeouts, one to two on stolen bases. So another guy, similar to Colson Montgomery, struck out less than once a game, and walks were about half the number of his strikeouts. So the ratio that we're kind of looking for there. When you watch him offensively, the swing isn't always ideal. The bat path, the plane, isn't always exactly where you want it optimally, but it's good enough to make quality contact. And then he's got the quick hands and the bat speed where the power can still show up. He can hit the ball to all fields with power. And the swing decisions, uh, the, the taker swing decisions, things like that, those are good. He has a good eye, things like that. Um, eventually, you want the bat, the, the, the swing angle to not be so steep. I mean, he's, he's uppercutting sometimes, but right now it's still able to work for him because of just the sheer strength behind it and the bat speed. Bring that down a little bit, something they were working on with him in Project Birmingham. Defensively, he can play first, he can play second, his best position is third, so he's going to be one of those guys that can absolutely help you at every level. I expect him probably to go back to double A to open 2022. He feels like he needs a little bit longer than a typical prospect at this point. He's he's at age 20, and so I see Brian Ramos as being a 22 is double A, I'm sorry, 23 is double A with a brief triple A cameo towards the end of the year. And then 24 is triple A to the bigs. Kind of the path that I see him on. I'd love to be wrong on that, but that's where he is. Jose Rodriguez, number five prospect in the system, really interesting to me because he's not, he's not above average or plus at anything. Dude's just a ball player. So, 2018 IFA in 104 games this year, all in AA. He spent the entire season in AA. Uh, 280, 340, 430. Very weird how every single one of those ended in the zero. Uh, 11 home runs, 38 extra base hits. Struck out 66 times to 38 walks. So again, 66 strikeouts in 104 games. Very good. Walks were more than half of the strikeouts. Do you like that? 40 of 50 on stolen bases despite the speed being perfectly average. He's, like I said, he's one of those better-than-the-sum-of-his-parts players. Just absolutely a ball player. I think defensively, he gets a 50-grade from most evaluators simply because he doesn't always have the consistency. He's got good footwork. 
And he can make the throw from various platforms, like we talk about a lot with shortstops. But he sometimes doesn't always have the body control to follow through correctly and have the proper form on the throw. The clock is good. He has a good understanding of how much time he has to field the ball and make the throw to first. It's just a little more consistency and a little more body control, I think could take that tool to above average. The speed is average, but he's very good, again, with the timing and the understanding of when to take a base and when to go. And so that's why you see him with 40 stolen bases, but you see him caught 10 times. He just doesn't have the elite speed. He's just very good at timing the jump. And so at the end of the day, uh, Jose Rodriguez is a guy that is never going to be rated as a top 100 prospect but has everything, mental makeup, attitude, understanding of the game, has everything to have a long career. He's one of those guys where you look up in eight years and he's still on a roster somewhere. And it's like, how has this dude had a career for this long? Dude's a ball player. Dude's, he could start at short. He could start at second. He could maybe start at third. But like, dude can just play baseball. He's a very good baseball player, and that sometimes is a thing that we kind of forget about and we kind of lose. Uh, last position player that I want to make sure that I talk about, uh, Yoelkui Cespedes. So the half-brother of UNS Cespedes, uh, 2020 IFA out of Cuba, another Cuban international free agent. And so uh, 119 games, 258, 332, 437, 17 home runs. 47 extra base hits, 29 walks to 154 strikeouts, 33 of 45 on stolen bases. So strikeouts are higher than you'd like. um, But part of this is because he is very aggressive at the plate. He has plus power. Yoelkui Cespedes is very much uh, this system's poster child for your power tool is only as good as your hit tool, right? And he's going to have to harness some of that swing and miss and bring it down if he wants the power to be able to play at the big league level. I think he's got what it takes, though. Above average defense, plus arm. Another guy here that can profile very well, just like Oscar Collis, as a right fielder. And so, very promising when you watch Yoki Cespedes play. In just a minute, I want to talk about some of the pitchers in this system. There are quite a few recently drafted pitchers as the White Sox try to restock right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. So, five prospects in the top 10 are pitchers. And most of them, not all of them, but most of them are somewhat recent acquisitions. So, uh, your number four prospect, your highest rated pitching prospect, right-hand pitcher, Norhe Vera, 2021 IFA. Stop me if you've heard this before, out of Cuba. Uh, started 13 games this year, 35 and a third innings. 3-3-1 ERA, 52 strikeouts. So 13 and a quarter strikeouts per nine. You love to hear that. To 31 walks, 7.9 strikeouts per nine. You don't love to hear that. One home run allowed in 35 innings. Uh, okay, so big body, 6'4". Uh, needs, to, you know, working on adding a little bit of weight, about 195 or so. But fastballs is 70 grades. It's 96 to 98. Um, the, the slider is 
I'd say above average right now. I think it has the potential to be plus. It kind of ha- it's kind of slurvy. Uh, has has late movement to it. Doesn't move a ton. Doesn't have a ton of like sweeping break to it. But it works really well off of the fastball. So when he plays them off together, it's very effective. The changeup right now a little bit below average. He marked he he matches arm speeds with the fastball and the changeup very well. It's just a little bit too firm, a little bit too hard. It sits around 87, 88, and that's something that they were having him work on later in the year. So I expect to see you know, that get a little bit better, and I think that's probably the key to unlocking what you need. He threw a lot of them in his three games in Birmingham, Project Birmingham, uh, threw a lot of them in games. So not even really looking at the stats of what he did in Birmingham because... That was eight innings over three starts of let's work on and let's focus on the changeup and making the changeup better. Does have a high three-quarter slot and it gives a bit of a unique angle when you're 6-4 with the high slot. Uh, something where we saw the success of Christian Javier against the Phillies because he has a significantly lower slot than normal. And so... Just whenever you get that unique angle, it helps the stuff play up a bit. So, love what I saw from Norhe Vera. Absolutely expect to see him probably in double A next year. And you're looking at a late 23 or 24 call-up, most likely. Number six prospect in the system, right-hand pitcher Sean Burke. Spent, uh, spent most of the season in Birmingham. Did get a little bit of time in AAA Charlotte uh, after starting off in high A. But 2021 third rounder out of Maryland through 27 games, 108 innings this year, 475 ERA, 137 strikeouts, so just about 11.5 per nine, to 48 walks, so right at four per nine with 15 home runs. Thing here, everything is above average at best, right? So the fastball's 94, 95, it can touch 97, it's got some late carry to it. Curveball is a 12 to 6 breaker, like a vertical break. Uh, pairs well with the slider, which is, I think, probably the best pitch that he has. It's got two plane break to it. It's got a lot of spin to it. It's kind of a power slider. Uh, changeup is average, but he's got four pitches, right? Want to see the, the, the changeup improve a little bit. Want to see the, uh, the, the fastball maybe improve a little bit. But he's got pitchability. He's got durability. Profiles really well as one of those back of the rotation guys that comes out there, takes the ball every fifth day, all season, gives you five innings per outing, and just eats innings for you. So, like what I've seen from Sean Burke, want to see him continue to develop. After that, you've got three pitchers that were drafted in the first three rounds of the 2022 draft. You've got Noah Schultz, the lefty, uh, first rounder out of high school. You've got uh, Peyton Paulette who was drafted out of Arkansas in the second round, and you've got Jonathan Cannon out of UGA in the third round. So, real quick on these, Peyton Paulette had Tommy John in 2022, so you're not going to see him throw until at least midseason next year. But before the Tommy John, uh, fastball set 95 or so, really good induced vertical break, he could touch 99 with it. Curveball had a like really high spin to it, could get a lot of swing and miss. Changeup had a bunch of arm side movement to it. And again, another high spin pitch. The questions here are the durability and the health. And so there's that. And then there's also uh, questions about the stuff. He doesn't get a ton of extension. 
Uh, he doesn't have a ton of deception. The ball comes out of the glove early. You can kind of see it. And so not quite sure exactly where he's going to end up after Tommy John. A lot of questions here. Very much going to take a couple years before you see him at the Bigs. Jonathan Cannon out of UGA, number eight prospect. Average to above average in the entire arsenal, right? So fastball sits 94. He throws a two-seamer to go along with it. Slider's got vertical break, gets a lot of ground balls to it. He has a changeup that he throws for, uh, he has a cutter that he throws for lefties and an occasional changeup. Um, ground ball pitcher, doesn't walk a ton, so that's great. Doesn't get a ton of swing and miss. Needs to add some more of that to his game. Really curious to see what happens uh, to him in 2023, but I see him as a pretty safe bet to make it to the bigs. Feels like he's pretty much a, he has a pretty pretty decent arsenal, pretty good control. Feels like a safe bet to at least make it to the bigs. And then Noah Schultz is the biggest question mark here, believe it or not, even though Peyton Paulette had Tommy John. 6'9", 225. So you have the potential for a really interesting angle to approach the plate, but he has a low three-quarter slot. I'd love to see him with a higher three-quarter slot just to make the angle even more extreme down to the plate. Uh, sweepy slider, tons of spin to it. Uh, he can vary the movement and shape to it a lot, which I love. Uh, he can make it uh, break more to get a swing and miss. He can make it break less to get a you know to get a strikeout in the zone. Love that fastball sits high nineties, and then has a changeup that he throws to righty. So excited to see what he looks like next year, and a developmental prospect who's going to take you know a good three four years, but has the stuff to be impactful. Fantastic week this week. Don't forget, if you have questions for Monday's mailbag, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, shows on Twitter at Locked on Farm, or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. Enjoy the World Series this weekend, and until Monday, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.